Hey, what's happening, guys? Got a brand new Eastman's Elevated for you. So thought I'd sit down, record a solo today. Uh, man, sitting October 3rd, Sunday right now. So yeah, just want to kind of highlight some of my season and what I have coming up and uh, some things I'm working on and some things you guys can work on. And so uh, we'll talk about elk hunting, talk about mule deer, uh, the mule deer rut coming up. So it should make for a good episode. I just want to thank a couple of my sponsors. I want to thank Black Rifle Coffee Company. Uh, Black Rifle Coffee Company just has some amazing coffee. Like, I really enjoy their instant. They also have instant tea bags, which is a, a really good, high-quality instant coffee. Uh, I've been using these things all fall long. Uh, they've just been, just been awesome. Uh, I enjoy them. My buddies enjoy them. And uh, I have to make sure that every season I have enough of the instant coffee to be able to backpack in and then use this coffee. Uh, I also love their roasts. Uh, Evan Hafer is just a uh, an absolute coffee wizard. That guy's roasts are so premium. In fact, I heard a podcast with them the other day uh, talking about this pour over process and uh, weighted. Uh, he weighs his coffee every day and uh, just talking about the best cup of coffee. It, it blew my mind. Like uh, he's on another level with coffee, and you can tell by his roasts. Um, their coffee roasts are some of the best. So I have a subscription now to Black Rifle Coffee Company where it's automatic and they send it to me. Uh, you can also just order some roasts and try them out and see what you think. So if you go to Black Rifle Coffee Company uh, and go to the Eastman's page, uh, you put in the promo code Brian and you can get a 20% discount. Uh, they also have just awesome logo gear. Shirts are so comfortable. In fact, I'm wearing one right now. Um, one that's for sale on the Eastman's landing page there. So uh, make sure to check them out, and thanks for their support on Eastman's Elevated, Black Rifle Coffee Company. Uh, I also want to thank Cutter Stabilizers. Uh, cutter Stabilizers um, are an absolute game changer. Uh, you want to talk about changing the hold of your bow and the reaction of your bow. Uh, they have all different lengths. They're carbon fiber, so the bars themselves are light, and so when you put weight on the end, uh, you, you just get... Uh, more bang for your buck um, because you get that weight further away from the center of the bow. Uh, so I love to use the sidebar setup. Uh, they have a brand new mounting bracket. They have their own weights. They have different length bars. You can get an 8, 10 inch, 12 inch, 15 inch, and 20 inch now. Uh, Earl was trying to talk me into using a 20 inch and I don't want to try it because I know my bow will hold better and I'll end up having a giant 20 inch stabilizer going around. So my limit right now is a 15 inch out front and a 12 inch on my sidebar going back and the thing just holds so rock steady. Uh, I shoot a little bit more weight than most. Uh, I think I shoot uh, 10, in 10 ounces on my sidebar in the back and then 6 ounces on the front. Um, so it's a pound of added weight to my bow, uh, but the thing just holds so well and has a great reaction. It just makes for a forgiving bow, and you're able to really fine-tune it to your own shooting. Uh, so if you haven't played around with different length stabilizers, different weights on your stabilizers, it makes a huge difference. Make sure to check them out. The, the, one of the best in the business, uh, a great small business owner too, and Earl Stroll. Uh, really like that guy. In fact, I think I'm putting together a hunt with him this season. I think uh, I'm going to go do some whitetail hunting with him um, and hang out with him. But he's a great guy to support, so uh, make sure to check him out, Cutter Stabilizers. Make sure to check out everything we have going on at Eastman's. Uh, we've got our Eastman's Beyond the Grid internet TV show comes out each and every week. There's some great elk hunting episodes that are coming out now. Uh, we'll have some new episodes that will be releasing soon. 
Uh, make sure to check out our show on the Outdoor Channel, Eastman's Hunting TV. Uh, check out the magazines, Eastman's Bow Hunting Journal, Eastman's Hunting Journal. Uh, you can still use that promo code uh, Elevated321, and um, that'll get you both magazines for a year and a free Outdoor Edge Knife for $50. So uh, check out that deal. Uh, we just pour our heart and soul into these magazines. Um, the subscriber stories are great. Hearing of other guys' success. And then the pro staff articles are all about being a better Western hunter. And uh, we really try to time these up with the issue of stuff that you can be working on now. So we have some great uh, articles that will be coming up in the future. Make sure to check out Tag Hub. That's the internet research tool. And um, with that, let's get into this podcast, solo podcast. So, uh, last time I left off, um, I had that, that miss in Colorado that just crushed me, man. Oh man. Uh, that was tough. Uh, but yeah, I've been getting over it and just back to hunting and just back to enjoying life. Like, uh, I, you know, I can't have, I can't have my personal happiness weighing on a success or a, f- uh, a failed hunt. Like, uh, it's, it's part of the process and, and us guys that, that, that are consistently successful, you know, I put myself in that group, but us guys that are consistently successful just means that we failed more than most. Like you fail and you learn from it. And actually failure is the best thing for growth. And in bow hunting, you know, I put all this work into my physical fitness, all this work into my shooting, uh, into the mental side of things. And, and you put all this work in and, and Sure, you want to arrow a, a trophy buck or a trophy bull like that. That is the goal of the season. Uh, but really, the goal is to keep improving the skill set to give yourself the best chance when you do create one of these opportunities to be able to close a deal on them. And I can say that you know I'm as good as I've ever been in at bow hunting. Uh, I'm super patient, and, and I'm really waiting on these moments, uh, waiting to let things develop, waiting to draw my bow, uh, really making quality stocks, quality decisions. I'm not second-guessing things, uh, uh, really believing in my in my skill set and in my tactics. And we all build, we we all build like this. Um, we build these tendencies, and we build. Uh, these preferences and this like not no two guys ever hunt alike they you can hunt similar but but you you kind of build your own style of hunting your style of, of aggressiveness and passiveness and and um so I had that that miss that just killed me I, in fact I, I skinned the top of his back so I'm not sure if you can call it a miss but I don't feel like I like I wounded that animal and didn't find him or something like that like I saw him the next day and he was fine but it just crushed me when those were my goals for the season but you know, you quickly get over it and just realize like it's part of the process. It's uh, not my first miss and surely won't be my last. And, you know, I failed a lot. And this game is all about failure and picking yourself up. And, you know, if mentally I can't pick myself up from a miss, like what's all this work for? What's all this running for, shooting for, uh, discipline? Like uh, it hurts and it's supposed to hurt. Like that's, that's, we learn from our mistakes because they mean a lot to us. But in that same breath, like life's good, man. I've got a good family, uh, you know, Barney Construction's doing great. I've got this podcast. I've got all these great things going for me. I get a bunch of time to hunt. And sure, I'd, I'd love to have the whole season, like, 
like maybe I did last year. Uh, but but you know, this year's just different. I just have responsibilities and need to get work done. But uh, I still get a bunch of bow hunting, and, and really the fun of it is the process it's it's all the training for it it's the anticipation it's being on the hunt and there's always going to be challenges like life is about challenges and you know sure I, I want to be where I don't let things bother me but you know you pick and choose what things bother you or what not what things bother you but the things that you care about that you want to put effort in that you want to be good at and the things I care about are my family. Uh, you know, I care about uh, my jobs. I care about this podcast. Uh, you know, and I care about my bow hunting immensely. Uh, but that doesn't mean um, that doesn't mean that I can't enjoy the experience. Like the fun of bow hunting, you know, isn't getting that big trophy and being able to post up or show your buddies. Like the fun of bow hunting is the process. And there's always going to be challenges. It's the reason why I love this game. You know, is because you never know what you're going to face. And, and there's always going to be these immense challenges. And being able to problem solve these challenges, being able to figure them out and come on, come out on top feels absolutely amazing. It's the best feeling on earth. And so you want that over and over again. But there too, you can't have these highs and not have the lows. It, it, it'd all be mediocre. It wouldn't be fun anymore. Like the reason why there are these highs and why it does feel so good to accomplish your goals and be successful and put a perfect arrow in that big buck is because you've worked so hard at it and because you failed in the past, you felt that pain. And so like, I'm okay with it. Uh, I'm okay with failing. Um, so, you know, I, that, that Colorado hunt was, was an amazing experience. I got to hunt some of the, the most killer backcountry. It's a dream place for me. I got to chase my dream buck. I did a lot of things right, played the stock right, and um, the approach and the wind and, you know, all these different factors. Uh, you know, I just missed my shot in the end. It was, I was twisted up, and uh, my pin didn't settle real good. Uh, hyped up on adrenaline, obviously, uh, but... You know, I, I just missed. I just have to be better. But uh, I'm back to it, uh, back to elk hunting. And it's been tough, you know. Um, man, oh, man, I, I have not filled my tag yet. So uh, I love elk hunting. Um, it, it has to be some of the most thrilling hunting out there. Out there. Uh, but, you know, there too, you know, I put so much effort in these early season mule deer hunts and think I'm going to jump right into elk season. And I have these spots and this timing on these spots where my elk hunting is really good. Uh, but that's not always a guarantee. Every year is different. And so um, this year headed back into this country that I like, like I like hunting, uh, you know, there's a couple different units that I've hunted in Montana, but I like hunting these breaks. It's an amazing place, but you know, um, headed out this year and I usually like to hunt it late September, early October. It hunts good. And um, so got over there, hunted with a, a couple buddies, which is always fun, like a lot of laughs and, you know, just, um, you know, after that Colorado failure too, it's just like, man, just enjoy the experience. Like the goal in life is to, uh, to, to have as much fun as possible. The, 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 the goal in life is to love life. And, um, I heard this stat the other day that the average lifespan 72 or 82 years that you have 26,000 days. Now I'm, I may have some numbers off here. I'd need to run the math on my calculator. And I stated this on, I was talking about this on uh, Flycast, the fly fishing podcast as well, but uh, 26,000 days and you waste a lot of those as a baby, a kid, as a teenager, you know, but, but how many days do we really have? Like you just want to be happy in life and to be happy in life is, um, is solving challenges. Like there's always going to be challenges. I mean, for me, 
there was a while there where I wished I didn't do constructions, that I didn't have the stress or the pressure that came along with it, and I wish I could make enough to, to just do this or just quit that. But, you know, I've learned through life that, that it's about the challenges that, that you take on or that you choose to deal with, and, and uh, Barney Construction's been good to me. It's like the only way that I've known how to make a living. Like, sure, I got the podcast and a few things in the outdoor industry, but but really, construction is my business that I've been in for nearly 20 years now. And, um, you know, I've built this reputation. I, I've taken this business on my back. I've, I've done what I said I'm going to do. And um, I, I produce a, a quality product. I have good guys that work for me. I take good care of them. I take a lot of pride in that. And anymore, just embrace it. Like, be fortunate that I have it. I, we have seven, eight guys working for us and seven, eight families counting on us. And, you know, I want to make sure that I've got good work for those guys and that I'm producing good work for clients and have good quality relationships. And, you know, the older you get, the better you get at managing stresses and don't always think a worst case scenario. But I also, for me in life, like, uh, like money isn't the most important thing, like chasing a buck, like, um, uh, money affords me freedom, and and um, you know that's that's what I think is the most important thing. So I I do need money to survive. I need money to pay bills. I've got a kid going into college. I've got a another teenager. Like uh, I'm not gonna lie to you. Like uh, uh, you know I I need money to survive, like we all do. And you know I, when I think about uh, quitting Barney Construction, like you know my challenges are just going to change my problems are just going to change now my problems aren't going to be construction and stress and uh, problems that are going on with work my my stress is going to be making enough money and paying bills and that's a whole nother stress it's like what kind of stress do I want in my life you know and and picking these stressors and just knowing I'm going to have challenges nobody has an easy life out there you know even the people with a bunch of money can't figure out how to be happy not all of them but you know it's like um no matter what you do in life, you're going to have challenges and you're going to have problems and you better get good at problem solving and wrapping your brain around it and trying to be happy or otherwise it'll just crush you. And so I've accepted that, you know, these are my challenges that that I want to deal with, that I like dealing with and that I will deal with. Um, but, you know, in the end, uh, freedom and having time is the most important thing. So, um, you know, I need to work on this in the next year. And even though I'm taking homes and things, it's uh, being real upfront with my clients. And this last week before I was gone, I called my clients and let them know I was going to be gone, let them know my dad was in charge and that they could contact him. And sure, there's a few things that pop up that I can handle, but, uh, you know, I just need to be better at it. Um, you know, we're, we're all improving at life, at all facets of it, hopefully. Like, hopefully we're not getting worse at it or stop caring. But uh, for me, I'm, I'm just trying to get better. I'm trying to get better at bow hunting, better at uh, better family man, better at life, better at, at at my business and everything I do. You know, that that to me is is happiness and this this problem solving. It's just part of it, you know, and and in hunting, it's always going to be problem solving. These hunts never go as planned. And, you know, a public land hunt, um, man, uh, they public land bow hunt. They're just not going to be easy. It's uh, it, it it's gonna be difficult, and there's gonna be challenges, and that's why the success rates. I mean, on a lot of these general units, like general a general bull in Montana runs at six percent success rate. You know, a lot of these hunts I go on run at a twenty percent success rate. You know, at, at a six percent, that's being successful one out of every twenty years, or nineteen or eighteen years, or whatever. Don't quote me on my math. Don't don't double check me, but you know, uh. Uh, uh, basically, like, um, you know, it, 
it, it it's extremely difficult. So if you want to rise to the top and be one of these guys that are consistently successful, uh, you know, it's about working at it, improving that skill set to be as good as you can get and meeting these challenges head on, getting on these hunts and whatever it is, you attack it and you put in full effort and then you let the cards fall where they do. And sure, you know, a failure is going to bother me here or there. Um, but, you know, you get over it and you get back on the horse and you get back hunting, try to earn that opportunity. Um, I have not earned that opportunity yet. And so like some of this country I like to hunt, I'm not sure if I'll, if I'll go again, but the last couple of years in this breaks, like, um, things are changing. Like we do have global warming and we do have drought conditions across the West. And when drought conditions happens in these breaks, what happens is, is it dries up all the grasses and these elk, uh, they move to the fields. And they move to alfalfa fields and places where they can get the nutrition to fuel a 700-pound elk. And uh, so all these elk that are usually uh, dispersed amongst the breaks that you can hunt on public ground and there's 300 square miles to chase these elk and you just make these hunts into this... Uh, these vast breaks, you run into elk and you're able to kill a nice bull. It's open country. It's great for spot and stalking. Like, I love this place. Good six points there because they only give a limited amount of rifle tags. Like, it's a cool place. But uh, as we've had these last couple drought years, what happens is that food source in the breaks dries up. Uh, elk move to private alfalfa fields and then, you know, spent quite a few days looking for them in breaks country and just not running into any elk, any elk sign. And finally go check the fields and just find the massa elk like gosh i think found four or five different giant groups you know there's there's one field it's elk as far as the eye can see like every elk in the break is in these private fields so you know you end up hunting borders but you got to be really careful too um, you know, hunting borders can be frustrating. Like I heard some of the, the biggest rut fest, most bugles, most insane rutting action. Like this one day I had the herd moving at me. I don't know how many bulls were in there, but there was a bull every two seconds or a bugle every two seconds. It's just screamers and back and forth. It was epic action, but problem was is they never came across the line. And, and hunting lines with elk, elk can go a long ways with a good arrow in them. And so, like, I even give myself a, more of a buffer. Like, I can't hunt the exact borders. Like, I've got to give myself a 300-yard buffer. And um, even then, you know, a, 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 a lethal shot on an elk, and an elk can go more than 300 yards. But I figure I give myself enough room for when I double-lung an elk or hit him good, he's not going to make it across the, the private fence. And now the rule is... If they cross private, you have to call the landowner. And, I mean, what are the chances the landowner is going to answer his phone and you can track down the phone number and the whole deal? Like, it just turns into this mess. And you can't, your bull could be dead 100 yards over that private land uh, uh, line and you can't go retrieve him without permission from the landowner. And then these landowners deal with bow hunters a lot, or not bow hunters, but they deal with hunters a lot. And um, a lot of times they don't want to give permission or their place is outfitted and they don't want to give permission to find the bull. Then you can call the warden and you can tell the warden you shot a bull and it's on this property and this is the landowner and he can put a little bit more pressure on the landowner and maybe get you on. But it just turns into a mess. By the time you get that figured out in 80 degree heat, your bull might go- might have gone bad. So, you know, I hate playing... I'm not a big private public land line hunter. Like I love to get back into the remote country where these animals live naturally and um, and uh, be able to chase them back there without too many borders. But, um, you know, the reality of the situation is, is, 
you know, there's 5,000 elk on private land fields right now, and that's where all the bulls are. And so you can either go hunt the brakes and do 15 miles a day and not see any elk, or you go hunt the borders and you might have a chance of some crossing. And, and we did catch that, like, um, my my buddy's been trying to draw this tag forever. I don't want to say his name yet. I'm not sure if he's posted his bull. I'm I'm sure I'll mention him. I'm going to record a podcast with him as well. Should be a good one. But he's been out. He's been waiting to draw this tag for five years and finally drew it on an off year. But, you know, he kept a great attitude. He kept hunting hard. Uh, used the knowledge that um, uh, me and my buddy Dan from years of experience gave him in there. And uh, kept going for it. And he had a really nice six point. I'm so stoked for him. And... You know, a lot of my success too, like um, I put a lot of weight on my success on, on archery animals, but I can't put, I can't put my happiness in the success of these hunts. Like uh, I have to enjoy the, the time I get that Colorado experience. I have to enjoy that whether I was successful or had a miss in the end, but I got to push myself. I got to challenge myself. I got to hunt some of the remote, most remote country in the lower 48. Like I got to send it. I got to absolutely go for it and find my limits. And sure, I came up a bit short, but that doesn't mean I didn't enjoy the experience. And uh, so that's what my buddy did. He enjoyed the experience. He enjoyed the country. He kept hunting hard. Uh, we just kept theorizing and trying to put ourselves into elk. We hunted one group. They didn't come across the borders or caught a couple of these. And I just kept telling them, I said, you know, one of these bulls is going to break off from this herd and head towards this country. And, you know, you're going to be in the right spot at the right time. And that's exactly what he did. Sat there. He had uh, put in some extra effort in the evening. And uh, he hiked up to a high vantage point, and um, you know, sure, he could have taken it easy. He could have, um, you know, he 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 could have used the truck and traveled around trying to find some different elk in a different spot, or you know, there's a million things he could have done. But he did put in more effort, climbed to this vantage point, got a good vantage point, started glassing. He spotted seven elk that were on public. Uh, there was a bull in there, and so then he put himself there at daybreak the next morning on a high knob that he could glass closer to these elk. Uh, caught those elk and then caught a couple more that were coming up and um, able to get in front of a nice six-point bull and put a good arrow in them, and that bull went and died. And so now my buddy's got a good six-point on one of the toughest years out in that country. So super stoked for him. And and for me, um, man, it came up short. I was trying to film it, and I got, you know, not that I got any pressure from Eastman's. It's all self-imposed that I want to be successful and, you know, and, um, nowadays I'm, I'm paying cameraman out of my pocket and, you know, so if I'm not successful, it doesn't make a film and, you know, I, I don't get reimbursed and, you know, it's, it's, um, I'm really fortunate for the situation I'm in being able to film these hunts and make a little bit at it. And so, uh, but when I do them, I want to capture a quality hunt I can share with you guys. And so we, we captured this hunt. I had this, um, close encounter at the beginning of the hunt. Uh, I found this nice six point, uh, nice wide one. I'll post up a picture of him. Nice tines. Um, he he wasn't a super giant. He was right on the line of what I wanted to shoot, uh, but a good bull and a good shooter. Pretty bull. He was with a couple other bulls and um, one other cow. Um, so like yeah, he's running with three bulls in the middle of the rut, and and really paid no attention to the cow. And um, moving in, just ran out of light and uh, just didn't quite get to the right spot. You know, sure that I can look at it and go, gosh, if I would have dove down this draw. But I just played it real patient, didn't let that bull know I was there. It was about 150 and just waiting for him to make a move. And he just sat there on the hillside staring down the whole time. Whether he was staring down at this cow um, or he heard our approach or something, he just got a little nervous. And so we watched forever. And then he went back to rubbing the tree and walked over the ridge and we just ran out of light. 
that was a pretty good bull. Um, dogged another good 320 bull that I wanted to shoot. Nice heavy horned. Um, just caught him solo, and uh, I think he'd been bumped from somewhere else, or he was just traveling country and kind of dogged him for an hour or so. Tried to keep up with him, and uh, he ended up losing us in the timber. And uh, so, you know, a couple encounters, but a lot of empty days of hunting. And then um, in the end, uh, got this really good encounter. Like, I've got this spot that I've hunted a dozen times or so, and it's um, this uh, BMA block management area. Uh, so it's basically like the private landowners of Montana. Uh, they make their land uh, public ground. You just uh, They have different specifications, like some of them you have to sign in, some of them you have to call the owner, and then you're able to hunt that land. It's this incredible program in Montana, but uh, I've got this area, and it's these um, public land fields, and sure enough, the elk showed up in them. And I uh, got this crazy good day, and it's it's like a one person spot, but you know I've I've got my other buddy out there, Dan, and he's hunting hard, and you know we kind of split up per day, and the the guy who finds the elk, you know, he brings the other guys in and tries to help them out. You just want everybody to be success, and I was gonna state that earlier, like a lot of my success isn't my own personal success, but I want my buddies to be successful as well. I love sharing my hunts with these buddies. Sure, I love the solo hunts. Uh, too, and I, I love mixing and matching, but there's nothing funner than having your good buddy there and laughing, sharing the experience, and then sharing in their success, helping making them better. And and in turn, like you find a good hunting partner, he makes you better. And, and uh, I just really enjoy sharing these hunts. So having my buddy be successful on that nice six point means the world to me, uh, which is really cool. Um, so, so, you know, out of that, I get some success, but yeah, the last day, uh, caught these elk in there and, and, um, we had my buddy's bull on ice and taken care of. And so, uh, yeah, I went in and man, I got on this, um, herd in the dark and hearing them bugle and, uh, they're on public ground where I can chase them and God, they, they usually head towards this timbered knob. They love to bed up there. It's like a magnet for them. And um, in the dark, I had about 20 cows and a couple other bulls that headed up towards that timbered knob, and they always head towards that thing. And so I was kind of hedging my bets that these elk were going to come up towards that timbered knob, and I've got two of us now. I've got a cameraman and myself, and so I'm just trying to position myself and play this ridge, and I'm trying to play the cutoff game. When these elk head up, I want to be in front of them, and then I'll set up in the sage. I'll let them walk right by me, and I'll kill this bull. There's a a big bull in there that's like this stag bull. He had like eight or nine on one side and a flyer on the other side. Just a wild bull. Uh, wasn't like a super bull, like um, like a, a super scoring bull or anything, uh, but he was an older, mature, heavy bull. And for, for me... Um, you know, it would have been a one-of-a-kind bull, and uh, I like the look of them. There was also another six and another five in the group and some other cows and then some other bulls off in the distance as well. And uh, so I tried to cut these things off and try, kept trying to hedge my bets at where they were going to come, and I thought they were going to come where those 20 other elk did. And um, they just kept going low, and it's in open kind of rolling country, and um, they just ended up going uh, low on me where I didn't think they'd go. And in hindsight, like I maybe could have got more aggressive and slid down that ridge in the morning and tried to get a shot on that bull, but, you know, there's 30 cows and three different bulls or 40 cows, three different bulls, like, um, you know, so I was just trying to cut them off and didn't quite work out. 
Uh, they got in front of me. Uh, they got down below me. They crossed low. They never went to that timbered ridge. They went to a different spot up over the top of this high ridge, circled all the way around. And then we had some other bulls off in the distance still kind of bugling. And uh, so took off after those, you know, after that big herd had, had left. And um, uh, Dan was uh, making a play on those. So we kind of backed off to the vantage point and watched Dan make a play on them. And um, he got close, wasn't able to kill him. And he stayed over there for a couple more days as we headed home. So hopefully... Um, Hopefully he kills a bull over there, but, uh, yeah, just, um, came up short thus far, you know, and that was kind of my week to take off, but, uh, so I'll have to get some work done, but I just got to be efficient with my time. And, um, you know, usually I'd be heading back over there to go hunt as it's such a killer place to hunt. I really like it over there, but with these new drought conditions, this may be the norm over there. Uh, talked to a warden. He said they went to the field September 10th. Uh, every elk he's seen killed over there has been on borders. Uh, so that's pretty much the, the MO, uh, for, for hunting them over there right now. And it's not the it's not the style of hunting that I love, you know, I love getting in the back country and hunting them, but, um, you know, that's where the elk are and what we have to do. So, you know, we were playing borders a bit. Um, didn't, you know, heard a bunch of bugles, had a great time, bunch of laughs with my buddy and my buddy was successful. And, uh, the other part of it, it's my home state. So, um, I still got two weeks to hunt here. It's, um, uh, October 3rd today. I think we have till October 16th. So a little less than two weeks. Um, but yeah, just got to get my big boy pants on here and, uh, hunt local and I'm going to be hunting some big wildernesses and, um, uh, some big vast back country and, um, boy, you got to be in good shape to hunt that and especially solo back here. And, uh, I do have a buddy that I think some um, flying in and hunting around this country may team up with him a bit. Uh, we'll have to work out the details and see, but, uh, pretty much going to try to solo film and try to capture the rest of this season and, and, uh, going to try to grind here this next couple weeks and, um, going to try to do this uh, uh, mobile camp like a lot of these elk are still up high they haven't dropped down and they're still in public ground which is great a lot of times these elk will drop down to these uh, private fields the same as they have in that breaks they'll do the, that mountain country and there's a lot of elk on that private ground but it seems to be right now that a lot of them are still on this public ground so uh, just need to put an effort I can glass before work I can glass or hunt after work and um also, I just have this goal to be more efficient with my time. Like, it's Sunday now, recording this podcast. I've already went for a run today. Um, you know, I'm just back at it. Like, I'm happiest, like, being in the process. And um, I, I'm uh, I'm happy right now being in elk season. And, and uh, sure, it's got its challenges, but, um, you know, they're all going to have their challenges. These are never going to go as planned. It's going to take grinding. And it may come together for me. It may not, but I'm going to give it my all, you know. And so I'm going to do this mobile camp where I load up my backpack really light, two, three days worth of gear, and then travel and hunt with my backpack on my back. Uh, going to do a lot of night hiking as I as I'm limited days, so it's like back to my weekend warrior roots, you know, where I'm going to try to be efficient with my time, get my work done, so I can maybe add a Friday to a weekend, or add a Friday or Monday, or a, you know maybe even a Thursday Friday or Thursday afternoon, whatever it is. But I'm just going to be efficient with my time. Going to do a lot of night hiking where I hike in in the dark to be in the right places. Going to travel with my camp where I can sleep wherever I end up. If I don't find elk, I'm going to keep moving on. Uh, if I do find elk, I'm going to hunt them. And I'm, I'm not going to settle as well. Like, I'm looking for a good six-point bull. I've killed a lot of bulls. Like, you know, I've got enough meat in my freezer to make it through winter. So I'm fine. I don't need to kill one. Um, but if I am going to kill one, it's going to be a good one. So I'm going to keep hunting for that 
uh, trophy six point that I'm after and uh, see if I can't get it done. So I'm switching uh, to mountain hunting here and I uh, just love my home valley and, and hunt so good. And um, I love October and um, these elk will still be rutting around. So I just need to keep after him. Uh, did some glassing this morning, found a herd and in, in, uh, actually didn't find much. I think they're up high. I found uh, one herd, but they were, um, I couldn't see real good with the lighting, but um, down in some fields or whatever, they, that is one case where they are down in the fields. But a lot of times they'll work back up to national forest out of this spot. So saw some in there, um, glass tonight with the, the evening light and just keep after them. Um, man, it's, um, the fall just comes and goes so quick that we got to enjoy it, you know, enjoy it while it's here. And, uh, uh, for me, the, the, the most fun, it's like, a a being on these big adventures, being on these hunts, being immersed in it and, and being present. Like I love being in the present moment of thinking elk hunting like this, the, this past week, you know, even though it's been tough hunting and hot weather and, uh, bulls on private and there's all these challenges, like I've just been thinking about elk hunting, you know, and, and that's the funnest thing is to be immersed in elk hunting. It's, it's amazing to have the time to go on these big adventures, to go on this big backpack trip to Nevada or bag, big backpack trip to Colorado or, um, you know, to, to be able to hunt elk in my home state of Montana. And, and then I've got great hunting coming up. You know, I, I, I've got this elk hunt. I've got two weeks to give it all I got and try to kill a really good bull. Uh, I'm also going to be trying to help buddies. Uh, my buddy Dan still got a tag, um, you know, unless he was successful here after we left. Uh, I haven't heard from him yet. I need to check in with him. Um, but also help my buddies be successful and create opportunities and um, hunt hard, give it my all, and uh, just go go in and go have an adventure. And then, you know, in this country where I live in, it's an adventure, big, extreme uh, backcountry. Um, it's big elk country. There's a lot of elk in it. There's also a lot of grizz bears in it. Uh, know I'm going to run into a few of those or have a few encounters. I have to be ready for them, head on a swivel, make sure I camp in good spots and going to be hunting solo a bunch. And so uh, that's it's part of the adventure around here. If there wasn't danger, it wouldn't be an adventure. Uh, so it's part of it. So um, I'll, I'll get all my gear ready and uh, try to give it all I got in every free moment. Uh, a couple more weekends to go. Uh, hopefully add a couple weekdays to that and uh, go chase some bulls around and just um, the the fun of hunting is really like getting into them like I love action I love those bugling uh, bugling bulls and rutting bulls and just playing the game like that last day I had over there was really killer like playing the game on those elk you know on public bugling their heads off trying to make moves not give myself away you know crawling over this hill moving down this ridge line what are they going to do next like that that action that excitement is so fun and you work so hard to create those encounters uh so that's what i want to do is i want to just put in the work and um create some more of these close encounters before um be, before uh, the the fall season is gone you know i know my elk season's got 2 weeks left in it uh, I'm going to try to squeeze all the juice out of it I can, you know. I'm going to try to have all the fun I can, uh, cover all the miles I can. And I know on these hunts, if I give it my all, my absolute all, all the effort I have, like I'll, I'll, be, I'll be happy in the end. Um, you know, and, and usually when I give it my all, it's amazing what can come together. Like you just keep putting in effort and all of a sudden that, that opportunity presents itself. And, and once that opportunity presents itself, you know, then it's using this 
this this archery skill set that I've built over the years, this experience backlog where I've I've made all these stocks and I've made all these mistakes. And believe me, every mistake you guys have made, I've probably made it tenfold. Like I, um, not tenfold. Like I'm not trying to, uh, hey, you did this, I did one better. I'm not a one upper. That's not what I mean. I just mean I failed a lot. That's that's how I've gotten better at bow hunting. Like you name it. Like um. I've had bad hits, I've had misses, I've had bad stocks, I've had huge mistakes, and I've made those mistakes over and over again, and that's how that's how I've learned, that's how I've gotten better. Uh, you know, I say it all the time that failure is the, the prerequisite to success, and it really is. Um, you know, and these successes, they burn, they cut deep, you know, that, that Colorado one cuts deep, but you just pick yourself back up and you get back after it. They're, you know, feeling sorry for yourself or taking a victim mentality isn't going to get you anywhere in life. Like everybody's fighting something and um, you, you just got to get out there and fight the good fight. And, and the, the more time you spend back there, the better you're going to get. The more experience that you log, the better you're going to get. The more you fail, the more you're going to learn. A- at least that's how I'm looking at it. You know, it's um, it hurts, but I got a lot of season left and um. So I'm going to finish out this elk season strong and go dive deep into grizzbear country and put on a bunch of miles and see if I can't find one of those big mountain bulls, big, heavy, dark horn six point or more like I, you know, uh, I'll definitely take a seven or an eight too. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, just looking for a good mature bull that I'm really happy with and um, hoping to get a good arrow in him. So, uh, you know, I've got all these theories and places I want to check out. And, and two, it makes me think like, um, you know, I just, uh, 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 more effort to, into summer scouting and into elk. I put so much emphasis and effort into mule deer and, um, sometimes elk, I kind of coast and I've had a couple dang good seasons for elk where I've killed two really good bulls last year, two really good bulls the year before. And, um, not that I rust on my laurels, but you almost get comfortable with your timing in these spots. Like, Oh, I'll just hunt here. And then I'll, I'll go to the breaks in October and I'll go kill a big bull there and I'll go here. And, you know, and I also hunted a new unit in Idaho. I didn't get the Idaho tag in time. Um, man, the, the tag, um, the, the tag deal in Idaho and getting kicked out of the system and the tag allotment. You know, I didn't get the Idaho tag I wanted. My buddies did, and, and one of my buddies killed a really nice six-point, which I'm so happy for him. And it's like this is a spot that, you know, I, I came up with, I've scouted, I've learned, and then I brought these guys in and I've taught them, you know, places in there. And then they've taken that knowledge and taken it a step further and found their own places and their own good hunting. He gave me the report um, you know, and he arrowed a really nice six point and then gave me the report on that place. And they ended up hunting in places where I've never hunted. And so, you know, through sharing this, um, information with him, he's also shared information with me and to like networking is a big part of this game that I don't talk about very often. Uh, but, but guys are good at networking and I've gotten better at it over the years, like using people's knowledge, like not using people, uh, sharing knowledge and, and like reaching out to people like, um, you know, Lampers just sent me a message um, and sent me a message with a great big bull. I don't know if I'm supposed to, st- I don't know if he's posted anything or, or not, but you know, he killed a great big bull and he, he killed it in this unit that I hunted with um, my buddy and I had good information in. And so I gave him a bunch of pins and a bunch of information and I'm sure he took that information and he furthered his knowledge and took it a step further and learned places that, that I didn't know and found bulls that I didn't see in the whole deal. Uh, but the deal is, is that, 
you know, Lampers is a dang good hunter, you know, one of the best out there on public ground. And he used information from us other hunters. You know, Tony Treach is a great one at using information. He's got a network of people, uh, not just people, but friends that he knows that are willing to share information. And I'm one of them. Like Tony will call me on a unit and I'll tell him all I know about it or tell him what my experience was in there, or if it's worth applying for. And, and, um, you know, he returns the favor. Tony would, uh, uh, answer my questions in a heartbeat if I was hunting a place that he's hunted or hunting a place that he had experience in. He'd share his knowledge, and I, I run this 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 network with my circle of friends where I check in. I've got a a buddy that's got a Brakes Elk Tag Rifle Tag this year. In fact, I need to call him um, and give him the report in there. Uh, he went out and scouted. He had never been in that country. I gave him some spots to check out. He found some bulls, and sure enough, he called me when I was heading headed into that country and gave me some good information on where he saw elk. Like, uh, share information with my circle of friends. And, um, I think that's good at like, um, like having this network and also like just gathering information from other hunters as well. Like, uh, social media, uh, Clint's a great example. He uses, um, social media and, and makes friends like including me on social media. Like, uh, I consider him a buddy and would share information with him. Uh, but he, he makes connections through social media, you know, uh, makes friends through there and, um, uh, heard of guys making hunting partners through there. And then also, like running into hunters um you know in the field like ranchers can give you vital information to talk to these ranchers uh other hunters as well uh you know and and not like they're going to give you their secret spot or anything but maybe tell you that they're seeing elk or not seeing elk or whatever the case is and i also try to share information with hunters i run into uh that i think is pertinent that's going to help them out i don't chase and tell them exactly where i'm chasing the big six point i'm trying to kill but i tell them i'm seeing elk and i'm into a good six point and um, you know, or tell them that, Hey, I saw elk over here and, uh, saw a handful of bulls there, whatever the case is, but just talking with guys and networking is a huge advantage in hunting that isn't talked about. And, uh, it's another skill set that, you know, like I have to work on, like, I don't like to accept help too much or ask for help. Um, you know, so like it, it's tough for me sometimes to, to reach out. And a lot of times at a trailhead, I just want to disappear and be in there hunting. But, um, sometimes talking with these guys that, you know, before, uh, after a hunt or whatever the case is, run to them on the road. Like it's vital information that, um, uh, you know, maybe they're not going to send you to the speak- secret spot, but they'll give you information that's pertinent. Like, uh, my buddy was hunting New Mexico and ran into a rancher. He's like, yeah, this this area is really good. All these elk are hitting these acorns at night, and pretty soon they were able to dial in where the acorns were and where the elk were. And, uh, you know, one of them killed a bull over there. And uh, maybe it wasn't that exact information that that rancher gave him, but it, but it helped. And, like, running into this warden and him telling telling us that uh, the, the elk were in the, the field September 10th and that the feeds burnt off, it just... Um, it reiterated what we had already found out in that country. Like we had left the breaks after we gave it a few days in some of our favorite spots and checked some bottoms. And so we'd left there to check the fields because that's what we thought started finding elk and ran into that warden. And he confirmed our, our suspicions, you know, that they, they were in the breaks, the feed burned off really quick this year. And they, they showed up in there September 10th and that they haven't left and that all the elk he had checked was it was on borders. And he was doing a lot of that border check. And remember, I talked about how they can run on private and you can't get them. And if he sees an elk, he'll ask the guy where he shot it at and then go hike in and go check the carcass and see where that elk died at to make sure that it died on public ground. 
Um, so, you know, I think that was the biggest ticket. He was writing out there. Um, so it, it uh, just reminds me to use a buffer when you're hunting, you know, uh, private lines or whatever to make sure you give enough room for that animal to die so he dies on that public ground. But, um, yeah, that networking is a huge part of it. And there's, you know, creative thinking is rewarded. Like, there is no one way to do things. Like I said in the beginning, everybody builds their personal preference for hunting. And um, you, you just keep trying to build these these hunting skill sets. And they, you know, I, I love being fit. Like, being fit is one of my major advantages. And I love feeling good and taking good care of my body. I love eating right. And, and then I just get the most out of these hunts. So, like I say, I, I did double-digit miles yesterday hunting and drove home all night, and I was back running again this morning, like keeping my body right. And I also, it strengthens my mind. I think our mind is our most powerful tool. You talk to these athletes, and of course, these super athletes are, uh, you know, they're gifted, they're super athletic, but they'll tell you that it's 90% mental, and hunting is so mental. You know, I don't know 90% or the percentages, but it's a huge part of it. It's just keeping your mind in the game. So I can't let myself get down when I have a miss or I have it, you know, I, I just got to pick myself back up and get back after it. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a really good bow hunter that's developed my bow hunting skills. Like I've, you know, I, I've committed my life, like the last 20 years of my life at, at, at being the best bow hunter I can be. And I think, um, you know, being able to have this passion that I've been able to challenge myself mentally and physically and put everything into, like, uh, it's what I truly love. It's what I love in my heart. It's it's what fuels my soul. It's what I look forward to. Uh, if, you know, I'm not handling something at work or spending time with my family, I'm, I'm probably thinking about bow hunting. Like, I, I absolutely love it. And I love it because it's difficult, you know, but, but a lot of this game is mental and it's improving on this mental game. And then you have... Um, you know, if, if it doesn't matter how good a shot you are, how good you are at stalking, if you can never turn up an animal. So you have to get really good at finding good hunting spots. And that's not like stealing somebody else's spot or, you know, I, I always feel bad for these guys that are trying to photo hunt and figure out where I'm hunting and go follow me around. Like following me around and hunting a place I've hunted would be, would be the, the worst game plan. I've got every animal spooked out of there by the time I leave. Like you're just chasing my vapor trail. And who knows if the photos I'm posting are good hunting or bad hunting in that spot. I'm not, you know, like I, I post a lot of, like I, not every spot I go to is epic hunting. Like I have to strike out. I, I go to places, I don't find deer, I have to move on, but I take pictures of the pretty country, and I'll post those up too, so you just never know what you're going to get, but the skill or the art is being able to build your skill set to where you can go find these good spots, where you can do the map research, where you can find the units, you can look at the statistics, and then you can get in a unit, and you can you can figure out where the animals are living, you can read the sign, uh, you know, and, and, and that's the key is creating opportunities. And then from there, yeah, stalking skill set, shooting skill set, like they're all important. Like, uh, being a successful bow hunter is multifaceted. You have all these different skills that you have to dedicate yourself and improve, uh, upon, uh, to build your hunting skill set, to show up and be successful on these hunts when you, when you create an opportunity and when you get an opportunity. So, I mean, um, that that's a huge part of it as well as just being able to learn good spots and how to dissect units, how to how to glass efficiently, um, you know, how to put in the effort. And, and so building all these skill sets and then also that networking, 
like like being able to reach out to guys and get information on the on the unit and sure I'm not looking for specific spots but you know what are you looking for when you're hunting this place or you know really reaching out and and um, using guys that have put days in in these units that are willing to share information and building this circle of friends where you guys are honest with each other and share information and and sure if a buddy gives me a spot or gets into some elk maybe I'm not going to run right there but that tells me where the what the elk are doing like what elevation did he find them at where were they hanging were they rutting hard you know and it's just like a it it builds this database of information that then you can drop on to try to find your own elk so there's all these different skill sets to to improve upon and and um man that's the game that's the game of bow hunting that's why i love it uh i love self-improvement and uh i'm always trying to work on myself and this uh you know this mist hurt me you know, like I said, it cut me deep and, you know, I had to get over it and get back to hunting or whatever. But really, I, you know, it, it, it's helped me figure out in life, well, like, what is important? Like, you know, my, my family's healthy. Um, you know, I've got a job, a place to make money. I can pay my bills. I've got free time that I can go bow hunt. Like, I've got it so good. Well, why would I be down on a, on a, on a miss? And I've got more season to come. Like there's going to be more, more animals. Like I've got two weeks left at elk season and then I dive into, to muleys and hunting the muley rut. And I've got a couple late season tags that I'm super excited about. And uh, I love chasing mule deer and I love the cold in November. It presents this whole new set of challenges, uh, enduring the cold and keeping warm and finding these rutting mule deer and trying to find a, a good buck that's making a mistake. Like I absolutely love this season and I've, I've burned a lot of my free time, but you know, I'm sure I'll squeak some days here or there and, um, can definitely be a weekend warrior. And then, um, you know, also just trying to really spend quality time with my family. Like my, my daughter's going to go to college next year and moving out. And, um, I just love these girls so much that, um, you know, and, and, um, make sure that I'm spending quality time with them as well. Um, you know, it's like having the, the time to, you know, I, I, I love having this time to go hunt and go adventure and I just love having their support and I'm, you know, I just want to make sure that, that they're having a good life as well, you know, and, and make sure that I'm engaged with them and that we laugh together and, and, um, you know, have an enjoyable household and family life. And so, you know, that's a, that's a, a big part of who I want to be and, and, uh, who I am is like, um, it's being good at all these things, you know, being good at work, being a good family man and being a good bow hunter. Like I love bow hunting with every fiber of my being, but, um, you know, I, I also don't want it to be the, to the detriment of my own family and so far so good. I balance it pretty good and try to try to make sure everybody's happy. And, you know, right now daughter's getting ready for college. And, um, as I'm trying to finish out these last couple weeks of elk season, you know, we'd, sent her to look at a couple different colleges. I think she made her decision. I think she's going to stay in Montana, which makes me so happy. I think she's looking at U of M, which would just be awesome. So, um, she got accepted there and like, I think it's going to come together, which is pretty cool. So, um, yeah. So while I'm trying to finish out these last couple weeks of elk season, got them a motel over there at U of M and, um, my daughters are both into volleyball. And so got them tickets to the college volleyball game. And, um, so they're going to go have like a, like a girl's trip there too. So, um, should be pretty fun for them. So, um, yeah, it's a, it, it's, it's a big part of my personal happiness for sure. It's, um, just trying to keep this balance and uh there's going to be no shortage of of challenges moving forward and that's whether or not you know that's 
it, that goes for, for backcountry bow hunting, that goes for family, that goes for my business, that goes for this podcast, you know, for that matter. And guys, I'm so stoked on this podcast. Like, I'm so glad that, that you guys support me and listen in to, to these different podcasts and um, that it interests you, that I can get on here on a solo and and uh, rant about what's going on in my own head, my own hunting season, and you guys listen in and, and um, you know, to, to be able to to have a place in the outdoor industry is amazing. It's something I've dreamed of my entire life. And uh, so to be able to have this podcast to share with you means the world to me, you know, and I, I just really appreciate the support. And um, I just, I just want to make sure that I'm doing my best work as well. Like um, making sure that I'm getting the very best guests and making sure that I'm having interesting conversations that pertain to you guys in your life. Um, you know, working hard at it. You know, I'm, I'm um, so fortunate and blessed for these opportunities that I have throughout life. Like, um, you know, things things could be a lot tougher. So I'm, I'm super fortunate for what I have, and um, I need to work hard at them. Uh, I need to be, um, be really efficient with my time and not waste any time. You know, it's Sunday today. I'm getting out these podcasts. I'll get these things produced and out to you guys so you guys get some... Some good podcasts to listening to listen to going on your hunts, and then um, you know, and then my my work for the podcast is done for the week. I've got the whole week that I can sneak out and go elk hunting, you know. And so, like, I just need to be, you know, I've got a lot of things in the works, a lot of irons in the fire. I just need to make sure that I take care of my responsibility and be efficient with my time. Like, I can wake up at five in the morning and I can work and get a couple of hours worth of computer work and podcast work and things done before I even start my my construction day, you know, and then after my construction day, I've, I've got the evenings, you know, which I'm always getting my runs, my shooting in and all my necessary, necessary things. And, you know, it's at this point, I'm not going to improve upon my physical fitness. Like at this point, like getting in a run is discipline, you know, it's just getting in those miles, keeping my body used to it. And it's, it's that discipline to keep pushing hard day in, day out. And that discipline is going to come into play later in these last couple weeks of elk season during the muley rut of being efficient with my time. And so, um, man, I'm just living life to the fullest, super, super stoked for my buddy that was, um, successful on his bull. Um, it was definitely one of the goals for season. And so, um, in fact, I need to get up and, uh, help him finish butchering up upstairs. Um, God, I just been racing around trying to take care of everything today, but yeah, he's boiling heads and, um, working on the butchering. And so I need to get up there and give him a hand and, and uh, help him finish up on the butchering and get things packaged up and then um, watch the Seahawks game today. Sit down with my family. I love watching the Seahawks game with them. So we'll watch that. Boy, they're not starting off too good. Like uh, like one and two, I think they lost to the Vikings last week. I missed the game. I was hunting. But um, usually we record it and watch it later. But I think I think uh, we only record it and watch it later if they win. I think the girls watched it without me. And I got a text that they lost pretty bad. So uh, at least I didn't have to put myself through that pain. But, I, yeah, I enjoy watching them. I enjoy watching those super athletes. Uh, I enjoy sports. Um, super cool when I have the time. But, yeah, um, I do. I really appreciate you guys and um, appreciate this podcast and just want to keep getting you guys out good recordings. So I'm going to record one with my buddy. Uh, he had a, 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 a wild ride. Uh, I think he... I don't know how many days he bow hunted elk, but, um, you know, he hunted a couple different states and then came up here and finally was successful on a, on a nice six point. So we'll get him on the podcast and I've got some other ideas, be reaching out to guys and be hustling here these next few weeks and try to get you guys some good recordings for, um, for hunting. Um, 
muley rut should be fun yeah it should be a ride i still got some good hunting coming up so um keep after it you guys uh thanks again for all the support on the podcast thanks to to all the sponsors that um support the podcast that black rifle coffee company go to the land the eastman's landing page so i think just type in uh, black rifle coffee company eastman's it'll pull up that page and then you can put brian in as your promo uh, promo code and uh, i believe it saves you 20 percent on your order but uh, their coffee is just out of this world they have such good roasts the instant coffee is so good for backpacking and things of that nature and um, just a, a great company that supports veterans that I like to support. So um, uh, make sure to check them out. Uh, make sure to check out Cutter Stabilizers. Again, small business. Earl Stroll does a great job. Um, super designed stabilizers. The carbon fiber. He's worked on his connection points where they're just uh, so bomb-proof. Such a great stabilizer. I think they've only had one or two break. Um like they have this great track record, right? Because he's worked on his connections, but the only one that's ever been broke was uh, me flipping over my dirt bike and breaking it. It's what they told me the other day. Uh, but uh, yeah, they, they just, uh, they build a great stabilizer and it, it definitely makes me a better shot. It's just got a great hold and great reaction to the bow and uh, able to really fine tune my setup. So if you're in the market for new stabilizers, make sure to check out Cutter. And thanks to to Eastman's for their support and um, artistic freedom on this podcast. Like they just let me um, let me roll. They let me um, choose any guest I want and um, let me produce this content. And um, yeah, they just um, they trust me wholeheartedly. They uh, they let me video these hunts and produce them for me and um, uh, produce the magazines. Let me write in those. They're just a great company that's been a staple of Western hunting for 30 years. And so I just really appreciate those guys in there. And I really appreciate like the human beings that work there. Uh, Ike Eastman, Guy Eastman, they're both great guys, um, that I just, um, love to BS with, love to hang out with. Um, you know, Brandon Mason, uh, is just this, uh, this super individual, great dad, great hunter, great insight, just great human being. Um, uh, Scott Reekers and Todd Helms and, and all the crew there. Um, uh, all the, the, the people behind the scenes, Lindsay for the video, and they're just great people that, um, I, I'm proud to be part of the team. And, um, so I like to give them their support and, uh, I've loved their magazine. I've been getting it for probably 15 years now, you know, so, um, I really appreciate those guys and appreciate their support. And uh, most of all, appreciate you guys. Uh, without you guys listening, this podcast doesn't go. So um, thanks for those download numbers. Appreciate it. Uh, but yeah, just uh, keep hunting hard, you guys. Uh, keep enjoying life, trying to find that happiness. Like there's nothing better in life than um, being happy. Like that is the end goal. And uh, there's always going to be challenges. There's always going to be problems. And um, we got to be careful not to set that carrot in front of our nose. Like there's things that we want in life, but, you know, ultimately I don't know that that's what makes us happy. It's like um, having people around us we love, doing things that we enjoy, like that's what makes us happy. But chasing that giant buck, like that giant buck doesn't make you happy in the end. If you weren't happy before a giant buck, you're not going to be happy after a giant buck. And, um, you know, chasing this money or this wealth or once I get this house, I'll be happy. Like it doesn't. Like, I, you know, I built multiple houses. I, you know, I, you know, I haven't made a million dollars or anything, but I've made money, like an extra zero or an extra 10,000 here, you know, whatever the case is. Like, a, it, you know, that's not the key to happiness. Like, uh, freedom, doing what you love to do, family and friends, like, that's the key to happiness. Um, being present in the moment, 
uh, not being uh, so stressed out in today's day and age, um, and enjoying what we love to do, like getting out bow hunting, cutting ourselves loose, and really challenging ourselves, mind and body, to try to put it all together. And uh, when it does come together, it feels incredible. Um, so I'm chasing that success as well and uh, chasing that personal happiness, and I advise you guys to do the same. And with that, uh, that's a podcast. That's a wrap. And uh, check in with you guys next week.